Model, influencer, and now founder of the skincare-inspired personal care line, Salter, Iskra Lawrence has created a brand made for everybody. With a focus on botanical ingredients and recycled packaging, Salter is the next sustainable beauty brand that everyone needs to know. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Iskra Lawrence. You might recognize her from Instagram as a model, influencer, and outspoken advocate of self-love, but Iskra is now also the founder of Saltair, a beauty and personal care brand that launched in January earlier this year in 2022. Expanding into hair care from its initial launch of body wash, lotions, and deodorants, Saltair has quickly gained a loyal following of beauty fans obsessed with the product's fragrances as well. Scents were so important to me when we were creating Fable and Main, so I love that Iskra has so carefully designed Salter as a sensorial brand in addition to its ode to loving your own skin. As a brand ambassador for the National Eating Disorders Association and L'Oreal for the Princess Trust, Iskra has truly become a voice for reclaiming your own body and empowering on a physical, mental and sustainable level. Salter is as good for your skin and well-being as it is for our planet, and I cannot wait to learn more about it. So Iskra, thank you so much for being with us today. Akash, that introduction, I'm already emotional. Thank you so much. That was such a wonderful tribute to everything that I've been wanting to build and I'm currently building with the brand. And can I just say, huge fan of Fable and Main. I've been using their hair oil as my pre-oil and it's just, oh, it's divine. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you so much. Really, honestly, means a lot. And um, I am... I can only do that introduction thanks to all the great things that you're doing today. So thank you for that. Um, but I do want to start uh, with the question I ask all my guests. So I'm going to tell you, who in a nutshell is Iskra? Iskra is, is someone who struggled for a very, very long time to be comfortable in her own skin. Um, I was told by the fashion industry, um, by the age of 12, I joined the fashion industry as a model. And I was told over and over again that I was not good enough, that I was never skinny enough, um, that my skin wasn't smooth enough. And it just, I felt very, very frustrated to be in my body and not be able to look like the successful models I wanted to emulate. And unfortunately, for a long, long time, that made me, you know, struggle with my what I ate, it made me struggle with the way I saw myself. And it took me a really long time before I realized that I had to stop changing myself and instead had to try and change the industry. Um, and so that shift of mindset allowed me to embrace who I was and then decide, well, surely we all look like this. We're all, you know, imperfect, unique humans. And so I started to challenge the industry. I worked with billion dollar brands and helped them change their retouching policies. Um, and I was at the forefront of kind of creating this mid-size movement within the fashion industry because I was told I was never small enough to be a straight size model, but also not big enough to be a plus size model. And I think regardless of what industry you're in, when you are developing your sense of self, it can be challenging. And when people give you set standards or put you in a box, it can really do so much damage because we're meant to discover who we are and being different and being uniquely you is actually your superpower. So I would say that Iskra is someone who found their superpower and now wants other people to find theirs too. Oh my God, I, I have literally goosebumps. And um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's a good moment to talk about kind of even my journey a bit because I wish you were mm. by my side when I was going through my thing. We all have our own little um, stories, right? And and insecurities. Yeah. And, and for me, it was definitely more in, in the color of my skin growing up. It was, mm. um, uh, you know, being an Indian, there's definitely certain things you're born and raised with. And a lot of it was even in product 
form was like a cream called Fair and Lovely. I mean, the name says it all, right? Wow. You saw it throughout India, this cream that had a Photoshop version of a, already a very mm. fair person going already even yeah. fairer. And um, Indian Bollywood films only had fair actors and actresses. And, and being a mm-hmm. dark-skinned, highly melanated individual, it was always something that a lot of aunties and uncles would be like, oh, don't go in the sun, you're going to get tanned, or even little backhanded compliments, like, you're beautiful, but you look even more beautiful if you were fairer. So little things I heard a lot. And for me, it was mm-hmm. a real battle because my mum is very fair. So my mum is actually like your skin colour um, mm. and tone. So I think even hearing in school, like growing up, people were like, all the teachers were like, oh, like, like that's your mum. And like little comments like, are you adopted or you're not adopted? And it's like, no, it's my mum. I was born very fair and I just got dark over time. And I think I always saw that as a me problem. And because I felt like that's something that I always wanted to change. There were dark moments I would like, you know, try to scrub, exfoliate a lot. I would even take tablets that were even really dangerous that were for um, black people mainly to, to fairen my skin. And I would like take one and then wow. cry while taking it. It's really, I shouldn't even say, I say it very, like, very calmly now because mm-hmm. now I'm so beyond that, right? But that right. was me growing up was so insecure in my own skin. And it's the worst feeling to feel not, mm-hmm. no, not yourself, just being. And yeah. But this is a story of triumphs, right? Like both of us have now got to a point where we're like, oh my gosh, like, A, like a, I, maybe that journey was needed to be where I am today, but this is where I am today. I, I couldn't be prouder. What I thought was once my insecurity is now my best asset. Exactly. But there are still so many people um, that don't see that. And I think what I love and especially was more excited when I really wanted to get you on the podcast was like, the brand is a brand, but what you stand for through the brand, but also all your active work, you know, whether it's your, your TEDx's to your, your ambassadorship, or, you know, all the things you do, mm-hmm. you're just advocating for people to be empowered by themselves. So can you tell us a little bit about more before we go into anything about your own story? And when was that moment where you started realizing, oh my God, what am I doing here with my own mind? Right. Well, it was definitely um, having fought for so long to believe that the smaller I could be, the more successful I would be as a model, and then being told that I still was not good enough, and then going and uh, pitching myself to these plus-size agencies and them saying, well, you're too small to fit in here either. And there was definitely just this moment of like, really? That's it? Like, you have to either be this or that, and there's no in-between? And I just realized, I was like, well, I'm a consumer, And I look like me and I look around at the people around me and I'm like, we're all consumers. And I think the industry had it so wrong for so long because everyone believed that exclusivity um, and wanting this aspiration that was unrealistic for most and setting this unrealistic beauty standard and thinking that for a consumer to be motivated, they had to be insecure. And often brands just made a lot of money off of those insecurities and wanted to, you know, propagate those within their brand messaging, within their photography and campaigns and the very select type of beauty that they used. Um, Just like what you were saying, really a mixture of society, but really these big, powerful brands um, enabling a beauty standard that is not realistic for most people. Honestly, even the models in the campaigns because they were heavily photoshopped. Um, So I feel like I kind of just it was a moment of clarity where it was like, this is just bullshit. (laughs) If you don't mind swearing, this is just bullshit. I was like, this does not make me feel good. And I was leaning into brands that made me feel welcome and empowered. And so what I was able to do was realize that, hey, I can pitch to brands like I look like your customer. This makes sense. Um, And what happened was they would actually gain sales by using me. So I think what was unique was I realized that a model was more than just showing up to the photo shoot, taking nice pictures, and that was it. I realized that the model is the vessel and the vehicle for a brand to tell its story. And there is a different way that we can tell a story. And the more relatable that is, it actually connects with the customer and consumer more. So what happened was I didn't just start kind of being a model that showed it to the shoot and went home, I was the model that said, hey, can I come into your marketing meetings? Could I give you some tips on maybe what you could say in the changing rooms? I started training employees and store associates and I just went above and beyond when I did work with a brand to say, hey, I can be more than just in your images. Um, I know I'm your consumer. And so I really connected with brands that I already bought and loved because that made sense. I knew that I was their consumer. Um, And that's really what changed everything. It was just this mindset. And I use social media as a um, 
means to be vocal. I talked about Photoshop. I talked about my eating disorder and body dysmorphia. And I really think there was no models at that time talking about that. Uh, models were often put on a pedestal and kind of shown as these perfect, untouchable, unrelatable beings. And it was like, absolutely not. I was impacted by my mm. eating disorder for most of my teenage years. I'm sure just like you. Um, and so that was really powerful because when you have, you know, a, a large social following behind you, you then actually can leverage that when you do work with brands and say, well, actually, I know what people want to see because they're telling me they're right here. They're part of my community. That's so powerful. That's so, so powerful. And I think that's a big, big kind of hopefully good advice for a lot of people in the industry as well is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like if you think there's a certain mm. way of doing something, like maybe like go ask the brand for a Zoom call or, or you know, like right. um, you can go a bit, you can, you can surprise yourself with um, what more you can do than the status quo mm-hmm. and make a real impact and difference. And, and, and also I think we owe it to ourselves to do that as well. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I do want to start a little bit now back at the beginning. So um, little Iskra was born in Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about kind of your earliest memories of beauty. Like do you oh have any gosh. rituals you did with your parents or anything like that? Let us know. Yeah, red lipstick, L'Oreal red lipstick. I remember my mom would have and I would always put it on and I'm talking like in I'm in diapers I'm trying on her high heels I always love to dress up and play with makeup and my mom she was definitely you know very feminine and she enjoyed doing her hair I saw her doing her hair a lot she dyed her hair at home she couldn't afford to go to a salon or anything so I saw that process of like her doing little things that made her feel good Um, and so that kind of contradiction of like a brand telling you you need to look like this because that's what beauty is but actually there's a balance of well actually maybe I like to dye my hair maybe you know it makes me feel you know like I'm doing something to embrace or to try something new and different and the same with makeup you know it's definitely a form of expression and so Partly when I was going through my eating sword and body dysmorphia, makeup became a shield. Um, it became yeah. this protection from people not seeing the acne that I had. I would wear Estee Lauder double wear foundation every day, even to my swimming training because I had some acne. Because again, I wasn't seeing acne positive campaigns back then. Times have really changed. And like if little Iskra would have seen those things, maybe she would have felt differently, but maybe she wouldn't have been as motivated to want to change things, exactly. you know? That's so I'm, point. you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm definitely competitive. I, you know, I, when I want something, I will not stop till I get it and I will work my ass off to get it. So I think what happened was my competitiveness did definitely feed into my eating disorder, but it also then helped me switch lanes and figure out how to instead channel that, channel that energy into changing an industry rather than myself. So she was very determined. She was from Kidderminster, which if you don't know Kidderminster, everyone, I call it like, you know, just at one of those towns you drive around past to get to somewhere else to get to Birmingham. Um, my dad's one of 10. So, oh, you know, wow. we have this huge family. Everyone's in the same town. I can shout across the road to get to ask for eggs from my auntie. It's very, very small. And I always knew I needed to get out just because there was no there was even little things like there's no acting class there it was barely a, a dance class we had to travel really far there was not even a cinema nearby there was just certain things that I'd seen in movies and just I knew there was more out there in the world and by the age of 11 I was determined to live in New York um, that was about when the Twin Towers happened unfortunately but I used to have a picture of that on my um on my bed like bedside table picture of the New York skyline and I was like one day I will get to New York and then by the age of 21 I got to New York um and it would that changed my life completely as I knew I there's many factors in building who you are one of them is definitely location because you have to have access to certain things number two is who you have around you um and number three is obviously your own hard work and dedication but me changing locations to an environment that was just very, um, anything was possible, you know, that mindset. I then surrounded myself with people who also, you know, supported me and literally said that, Iskra, what's your biggest dream? What's your biggest goal? Okay, let's let's work on it. Let's get there. Let's, mm, I'll help you support it. you to that. And yeah, and so that was really, I put myself in the best possible position to make things happen. 
Oh, I love that. Okay, so I want to now talk about the chapter of, I mean, you've, you've had a plethora of amazing um, experiences and accomplishments, mm -hmm. uh, especially when moving to America. And um, I would love for you to kind of like walk us through some of the highlights. So talk us through, you know, from your first fashion show at Paris Fashion Week to um, yeah. you know, getting your appointments in L'Oreal. And, and, but also, fun fact, we're also on the same year of Forbes Under 30, 2019. I found there out we in Europe. So yeah, all those things, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're just fun accomplishments to make. But the more thing I'm more excited about is what you experienced and learned during this year. So t tell us some more about it. Absolutely. So yeah, like you said, career highlights are so interesting because you can be so focused on one and then it just happens. And obviously it's a wonderful feeling, but then it's like, you know, what's next? What's next? Um, so yeah. I think for me, even though I had all these career highlights, I knew at some point I wanted to own a brand because what would happen is some of these highlights of being on a New York Times billboard or being on the front cover of a magazine, it was like, okay, that's just a, a moment, right? It is a moment and people will forget, they'll move on and it's something I can cherish, but what's the long lasting yeah, impact? Exactly. Beyond us. Exactly. So I always knew that would be founding a brand. And one thing working with even billion dollar brands, there was always a ceiling. I always would get to the top, top, top room and I would look around and say it was like a, the board of directors and they would all be rich, elderly white men. And mm -hmm. that for me, just as a woman, as a woman in a curvier body, um, I realized that if, unless I had the money I would never have the full control or even just be, you know, listened to um, in a way that I could really impact change at the top level. So I would say my biggest business success, except for, you know, what Soltair is currently doing and having my child was I was able to use my Instagram platform, which again, some people think that social media, they see people, you know, taking their selfies or putting their outfit of the day on and thinking that it's quite surface. You can have so much impact on social media. I toured the US. I went to colleges. I went to some schools in England, actually, with the BBC, teaching about body image, eating disorders, and the impact of social media. So I was leveraged that as well. And I've met hundreds of young people who have said that I've helped them see that they are enough just as themselves, helped them through eating disorders and suicidal thoughts. So that was really impactful. But one day um, I had this moment, I was pregnant and I saw that there was a lot of influencers doing the um you know the pregnancy test ads when they found out they were mm. pregnant and I was like oh that's that's an interesting choice and I was like however if that's something I know I can do why don't I use that money and donate it to someone who hasn't been able to get pregnant wow. so it was like key moments of like thinking what can I do with my platform and so that mm. for me was really special because that's um I never imagined just with Instagram, I'd be able to ask my audience and say, are any of you going through a fertility journey right now? And obviously I got all these video applications and I went through them all and I ended up giving um, away $20,000 and two women literally now have children. They, ha they, got, they had babies in 2021. And that for me is, if I didn't do anything, that's the most important thing I've done. That's amazing. You know what's, what's a really big lesson there? And then please continue because I just want to put mm -hmm. this as a point. But it's that you can still do everything that you might see, like, you know, go on the TikTok, go on the Instagram, do this and that, but do it a la you. You know, if you have your oh, own integrity, sure. you can find ways to still, exactly as you said, like, um, I actually, the fun fact that you said is like, I actually, um, I don't feel comfortable as a, I used to look after influencers worldwide at Dior. This was my job. So I was on mm. the other end and then I had my own platform and then a lot of brands were saying, Hey, like I want to pay you this for this. And of course that's great. But personally speaking, I just didn't yeah. need my income source from those fields. I didn't feel comfortable mm. doing that. I was like, you know, like if I love something, I'll just post about it. And otherwise don't want to lose that integrity. But then I switched the mindset and I was like, but if I use all my funds from mm. those channels and give them to my, my tiger charity that I'm building, that's yeah. that I'll do. So I actually Absolutely. decided to switch that this year and last year. And now I, I, I earn money for the charity. So it's so funny how you said that as like, uh, I think as founders as well, it's like, you know, sometimes we have our focus on the brand and this, but there are other ways you can still play in other arenas, but still be you. It's very important. Absolutely. And I think if there is anyone listening to this right now and they are wondering, hmm, 
will social media feel good? Because I know it's a weird thing to concept, but just like you said, I think a lot of us feel a little bit like, oh, but this audience, do I want to start selling to them? Isn't that going to be inauthentic? There there are powerful things you can do. And I will say that with money comes choice, comes freedom, and you can choose what to do with that. And you can really use your money for good and your platform for good. So don't feel bad about that. And I will say, if you are creating content right now, continue to check in if you're creating the content that feels good for you and your audience. Um, One thing I've seen is like so many people burning out. I've been posting on social media now for 13 years. If I didn't like Mm -hmm. what I was posting, I would not have survived 13 years. And I think there's been such an influx of new talent who I think they're already getting burnt out after like two, three years. So think about how can I make this a long, impactful career? How can I really build an audience and build content that just resonates with me, makes me feel good, that I'm not kind of compromising on to just put out for the sake of it? Because that will not give you longevity. So true. No, thank you for that. But sorry, I interrupted you before. I don't know if there's anything more to add on the journey before we get into Saltaire. No, I mean, I just think um, that was so pinnacle for me. And I can always go back to that, right? If there's days where I'm like, oh, kind of be bothered to post today. And I'm like, no, I'm showing up for this amazing community who were literally vulnerable enough to tell me that they were going through infertility challenges. They've been vulnerable enough to tell me that they're struggling with, you know, wanting to be here. Um, and so I just feel like it's a, it's a beautiful friendship and relationship I have with my community as large as it was. Sometimes weirdly, I wish it was almost smaller and more intimate, but, um, yeah. I try and do my best to kind of cultivate that. And, I think with Saltaire, the goal is to do more IRL events, you know, really get to people again. And um, I'm doing my first, right, and I'm doing my first Nida Walk again with the National Eating Disorder Association. I've worked with them for so long, and it's really great to know that they're doing in-person events again, and I'll be able to reconnect with people because we're craving that more than ever, right? Are you feeling that, Akash? 100%. And I think as as a founder you become so much more of the beneficiary when of course reviews and people on so, online it's great to feel the love and you can feel it don't get me wrong yeah. but when you're in person you see the impact of what you're doing the mission the message the products the efficacy that's the fuel we need to mm-hmm. and also the, the feedback we need I mean the amount of times even now I meet press mm-hmm. um, editors I met one yesterday and my PR director was like you know, all these ideas stemming, so much uh, creative flows that happened only in person. And we all said after collectively said, if we did this on Zoom, we wouldn't have had this much of an impact after, you know? Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So so in terms of Sultana, so, okay, it started, obviously it was in the works in 2021 and launched in Jan 2022. But tell us about sort of A, the why mm-hmm. in creating it and then B, the inspiration behind the name. Right. So I'll start off with the inspiration behind the name, actually. So yeah. Solterre, okay, I want to get you. I want to get you here, right? Okay. Yeah. Where are you most at peace? For me, being most at peace is when my toes are in the sand, when the sunshine is kissing my skin and there's that warmth, it's like a hug. When the waves are crashing and when I can smell the salt air, that for me is like pure peace. I'm at home. I'm grateful for the body that I'm in because it allows me to be here in this present moment. And that feeling I want for everyone. And during my journey of you know my own body dysmorphia and body image struggles, what I came across was some of those can, I can lose those moments of peace and presence because I'm feeling insecure, because I'm worried about what my body looks like in a swimsuit or what someone else might think of the way I look. And as I've traveled and met so many people, there are so many people who are limiting their own moments of peace and presence, and even just going and exploring and experiencing something because of those insecurities. They're holding them back. And I don't want anyone to feel like that. And I have felt very confident for a long time, but then 2020, I had my baby and there was a pandemic and I'd moved to a brand new place and I stopped showering. I literally did not shower for like, sometimes it was over a week. I was not getting dressed. I was just wearing like a dressing gown and I felt completely lost again. And my insecurities started to come back. My skin was breaking out. I just, I kept giving myself these very negative affirmations, which is not like myself. I was saying, I'm a mess. I feel disgusting. You know, I don't feel good enough anymore. 
I was worried about how I appeared to my partner and all of these things just, it was, it felt like a dark time. And so I sat down with my partner and I said, I, I need to somehow start looking after myself again. And he goes, well, what do you need? And I thought about it long and hard. And I was like, I just need 15 minutes to get in the shower and just put myself together again to just have a shower, wash off like any of my stress and how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. have a reset and then, you know, put on real clothes, brush my eyebrows, maybe put some mascara on, you know, just those small things. And he says, my love, I can do that. I can take the baby, whatever you need. I'll make sure you get those like 15 minutes a day of peace to just reset and get back to you. And so I get sent lots of PR and I was finding that I was so excited for the makeup I was opening. I was so excited for the skincare I was opening. And then body care, I was like, there's nothing exciting happening in this space. I was like, yeah. And I'm like struggling to find the motivation to shower and get ready. And I know that there are so many people during the pandemic that felt exactly the same way. It was like, what's the point? 100%. I was crying in the shower, you know, it was sometimes, and then this idea moment happened in the shower. I was like, imagine if there was a product that got me excited to shower, that could enable this escape that I so needed, the reset, like take me somewhere tropical, please. Like I feel exactly. like I'm just With the scent. a rut. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I did. I was like, no more basic vanilla, lavender, whatever. I was like, I want an escape. So um, I I just had this idea. I was like, okay, there's nothing exciting. Let's do color. Let's lean into fragrance at a time where everyone was staying away from fragrance because like clean, like super, super clean was so in. And um, I was in touch with a PR, amazing PR girl called Juliana. And she said, hey, Iskra, I can set you up with a meeting with... um, the center they're a beauty incubator um i think you have a really great idea let's see if like they agree in what they're currently working on or think there's space for and so immediately when i connected with ben bennett at the center he was like there is for sure a white space in body care i was like i knew it and you know and it just kind of gets like verified because he's actually in the beauty industry and you can think you have a fantastic idea but you do need people that know more than you that's one thing i will say even as a founder and owner um yep. you need people who specialize in different areas of the business business that have more experience than you. And especially coming from my background, I've worked with so many brands and obviously been involved in more of the fashion side. I was like, I really need a team to help me actually bring this idea to life. So yeah, we talked and actually he's, he's Thai. So he was like, I'm so into fragrance. I'm so into this like ritualistic self-care and, you know, bathing and we just kind of fell in love with this concept and we talked through it. And I just said, I need this product. I know other people do too. Like if we can just create something that gets people excited to shower, to look after themselves. And honestly, the timing could not have been better. Obviously it took, you know, a year and a half to kind of get to the point where we're at. And I was very lucky because the center, they did have the infrastructure of being able to help get capital and, you know, already had kind of this wonderful team. So, you know, with that idea and fleshing it out, it became, you know, real pretty quick in in my mind. I was really impressed about how quickly we kind of like figured out where this was going to eventually be and what store we were going to go after, which I think I can announce we will be in Target December 29th. Amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, make sure this episode airs either on that or <laughs> after that. So we'll make sure that people can yes. already go in Target and shop it, which is so exciting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we just, because that's where I grab my body wash, my yeah. my lotions. my. So, yeah, and with the mission I've always had of wanting inclusivity for all, that yep. meant thinking about our bottles, um, thinking about the price point, thinking about how we gave people moments of luxury, but again, for $12. Um, And we decided to do pumps because I have a friend that's blind and I have um, a few people within the disability community who said pumps are actually really, really helpful for accessibility. So we kind of really tried to think of all the areas. And then I believe if you're thinking about inclusivity and wanting to look after people, You can't ignore sustainability. Um, I think that that's a huge component to if you are a a new brand, it should be at the forefront of figuring that out. So we then obviously went through the whole idea of like, well, what would that packaging look like? What actually works? What would people still be, you know, attracted to and look aesthetic? And 
it, that's been obviously the the concept the conception phase is just so fun it, it really is so fun and then of course yeah. you just have to make the business viable which is maybe less fun you know looking at the numbers figuring things out compromising on certain little things because it has to make sense business-wise but we've gotten to a point where you've got to be proud of what you're putting out or else there really is no point it's got to be a product that you want to use um, and even when we were doing all of our sampling phases, anytime like my friends found out that I got a new like sample shipment, they would beg me to try it. They were like, oh, it's I want to try that fragrance. I want to try this. Um, so I knew we were onto something because everyone was already obsessed. Uh, it's, uh, it's so many nuggets of wisdom there, but it's just so cool. That's why I love doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the beneficiary, hearing the story behind <laughs> it. It makes me more affiliated with the brand. And I have to say, mm-hmm. like, what I love is as well is you knew exactly from the get-go um, what the mission was, what was the non-negotiables, yeah. and where you wanted to see it. Because as a consumer, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it's so important to just be true to your to your authentic why. Because you've done an amazing price point where honestly you could have charged it a lot more and made more profit. But I love the fact that it's so affordable, yet something that I think now when you look at the other pr- products in that same price point, you will just look at Solterra and you'll be like, uh, no brainer, it's stunning, it looks beautiful, <laughs> it's much better stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I love that because you're really shifting an industry that's often governed by big conglomerates, right? These oh are my like, gosh, the, that was you know this more than anyone. These body care are mm-hmm. is the Unilevers of the society and yeah. they've got millions and millions, especially in R&D, but they don't have necessarily the heart and the story. That's something that I think if you can make that sing throughout the brand, which you clearly have, mm-hmm. um, that's just something where it's, it's quite simple, but often not done in beauty. It's just so, which is so fascinating and it boggles my mind, which is why there's an, often that question of like, oh, another brand, another brand, another beauty brand. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you'll be surprised. There is still space for more beauty brands because there's still a lot Absolutely. to do in the industry, especially in inclusivity. Everything you're saying about accessibility, you know, I actually, I've done only 200 episodes with different founders. Not one has said that point. Not one. Really? You know, that's a, not one. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a very big, big, I mean, people might have pumps, but they never said, this is one of the reasons why we chose it. Right. And that's why mm. I love that's why I, I don't get bored doing this. I've, I've interviewed so many and there's always something I'm learning, which is why there is space for everyone. As long as exactly. we say authentic, mindful and true and, and we do it at the cadence that I think is needed in the world. And one big part of that sustainability. So I'm so glad you touched on that. I was going to ask you, but uh, it's perfect that mm-hmm. you already mentioned it because I think it's a very big part. Um, you have refillables, you know, you have mindful packaging. And I think this is uh, mm-hmm. this is very, very important in the industry today. Um, but uh, I do want to ask a little bit about sort of, um, you know, like, so working with um, or starting a business, I love the fact, I, I spoke to Ben actually recently. What I love about him is um, he was so, he was like, he's more under the radar, right? He's more like the, the man Absolutely. behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. So he was like, he was like, uh, and rightly so, I, I loved it. He was like, no, listen, let all the founders speak on the podcast. I'm, I like to do my thing behind the scenes. I'm like, I got you. You're good. Like, I, I love that, you know. And um, But having the right partner is so important. And it is a hard decision at the beginning. Do you do it on your own? Do you, do you, do you go for the VC first round? Do you, do you partner with a kind of turnkey or an incubator? Like all of those decisions are not easy to make. Mm-hmm. How did you decide, okay, I'm going down the route of working with the center? Great question. And something I want to share with everyone just so that they can have different opinions um, before they formulate their game plan. You need to do your research of every option, 100%. Don't just think, I don't want to give away my equity. I want you know 100% ownership. Be open because I'm telling you when I really started talking to other founders as well, because that's really useful. And I think most founders like myself, we want to help other people because we know how hard it is. So what I figured out was these, some of these founders who decided to try and keep that 100% as long and long as possible, they are so burnt out. They are really struggling. um, And it just doesn't have to be that way. Um, It's scary, you know, especially if you have this idea, if you've been thinking, this is my brand and this is going to be the the biggest thing I do in my whole life and it should be all mine and that mindset is going to be really challenging because you're going to need help you really are you're going to need help and help will just help you not get burnt out it will keep you more motivated more energized being able to continue to show up as that founder or as that you know owner or co-owner and so when I was delving into my different options 
I'd, I'd been kind of almost made to believe that as a model first, that I should just yeah. do licensing deals, right? I already had mm. this name, this brand, just stick your name on something. And I, that never sat well with me. I was like, that's completely inauthentic. I need to understand and have a purpose behind these products. So I knew that that was out for me, but obviously I had conversations and I spoke to multiple different kind of places that whitelisted in the US. So I ruled that one out. Then it was, am I gonna do this all on my own? And I thought about what that would look like, how I would have to compromise time with my child. I, you know, I was a new mom, how I would probably have to move back to LA. I currently live in Austin. And I was just like, whew, that's a lot. And then I spoke to Ben, the incubator, and he said, we will be able to offload your manufacturing, your distribution. Like, obviously you will understand it and you'll need to know you know, parts of it, but you will not need to handle it. You will not need to do the day-to-day of those things. And I was like, well, that's great because I don't want to do those things. That's the first thing people want to get rid of. And also you can be the bottleneck by not knowing a lot about it and not having Mm. the right way because that's actually something that sometimes leave it to the experts, you know? It's hard. Oh, 1,000%. And, you know, the the, the girl boss movement, you know, of a few years ago, Mm. honestly did women such a disservice. Um, And I'm sure you as yourself as a person of color there's so many things that you've been told that you have to do all yourself and really prove that you can do it but that is it's not not um you're not not self-made if you get a team behind you if you get vc if you go to an incubator it's so you know what's really important with that is is like there is there's two things in there one is this whole conscious capitalist approach of like your stakeholders Mm. are a reflection of you so you know if you have a team of 10 at the beginning or one, or you have an incubator or a part, as long as the vision is integrity, like you can do it in any way. There's no right and wrong. And the other thing is decision-making is so important. Like I, I I think decisions, there's so many, um, I guess you could say um, pros and cons to everything. There's no right and wrong. That's the number one big advice I would tell anyone. You, you don't know. And at the beginning, it is true. Like, do you take 100%? Do you give some equity? Do you do that? Mm-hmm. As long as it feels right for you and for Absolutely. what you need at that moment, that's the most important. But definitely knowing when to listen, not to listen is so crucial too. I can tell you at the beginning, mm-hmm. we had meetings with so many retailers, including the ones that were in, that were like, A, they were saying, the minute I had my first conversation, they were like, oh, amazing, this area has got fo- is full of South Asians, it's going to do so well. And I said, hang on, when did I ever say to you this brand is for Indians? Like, I know it's Ayurvedic, but I didn't say our population target is Indians. Like, this is for everyone. Um, and number two, they were like always, even sometimes, take out Ayurveda, no one's going to resonate, we know the industry. And then, you know what, I stuck to my guns, not even, not even a year, like a couple of months later, there was all these articles and they were like, can we work with you to get Ayurveda more on the shelf strips and more yeah. out there? And I'm like, what? Did you just forget that you told me like to get, take mm-hmm. it out and now you want it in? So if I didn't stick to my own guts and guns, Absolutely. I think I would have made wrong decisions. So, you know, what people think is what you should create shouldn't be the guiding factor. Listen, but also know when not mm-hmm. to listen. I think that's my advice there. Yeah. Absolutely. Because then you just can compromise in one compromise and then it cr- and then you look around and it's not even the brand that you ever imagined. And it's, it and it's honestly the it, same, you know? same as everything, you know, and you're not making yes. a change. And me and you are both all about, I think we can rightly say we're both about <laughs> making the right change that's needed. And there is still mm-hmm. a lot of change that's needed, both in inclusivity, diversity, um, and just generally making the space more, more comforting, safe, and Mm -hmm. and exciting too and and that's both and they come in hand in hand they don't have to differ um so there is a huge huge gap in a market for something like Solterre and I think I'm just so excited to see a with Target but also global expansion like where it's just going to hit in terms of global expansion what are you (laughs) being being a Brit yourself too uh, what is what are some of your plans globally oh my goodness so are we the first actual major kind of like scare was we our first shipments out to our customers people started complaining because there was dings and dents in our bottles because they're aluminium um and that was and honestly so i think we're still kind of like ah the shipping is is still a challenge for us we've definitely made amendments but the biggest challenge we had in that moment was we believe in sustainability we can't start putting plastic bubble wrap in there that's a no. no Um, no. We we saw some 
other brands who do have aluminium packaging who are a higher price point, and I think they were more about that kind of perfect aesthetic. They were shipping mm-hmm. people brand new product when there was nothing wrong with the formula inside. It was literally just the bottle yeah. had like a little ding on. And we thought, well, that's also not sustainable. You know, that's yeah. awful for carbon emissions. That's wasteful. So in that moment, we concepted bottle positivity because it tied in with like mm-hmm. what I thought. And we were like, show us your dimples, you know, embrace your dimples. And we like thought of it as the way that I talk about like my body and then like embrace your cellulite, embrace your, you know, stretch marks, whatever it might be. And so we decided like, let's do that with our bottles. So as much as we are so excited because we believe people obviously and our customer really was excited about that actually and loved what we were doing to ship internationally and to find distribution. We, we just don't want to have an F up or, you know, something happened and we're not prepared for it. Like we have to have the correct infrastructure. And I will also say we keep selling out, which again yeah. is... I was looking at your website. I was like, <laughs> I read one of a few things. I was like, wait, that's uh, out. That's out. I'm on the wait list for your oil. Like, oh it's gosh. cool though. But, but that's a, that's, you know what? That's, that's a misconception. I, I, I know what you mean. That's that it's a call for a brand to sell out. No, it's not. sound cool. It is not. It is so stressful. I agree. And we see our, you know, daily baseline sales just plummet when we're out of stock in something that people uh, want. People are waiting. And people it's a supply side issue sometimes. And, yes. and, you know, there, there is an angle of, of course, virality, TikTok, you can't plan mm-hmm. for those things. But generally, it was Leonard Lauder said, um, selling out is not something to celebrate. It's a bit lost business yeah. opportunity. It and is. it's a very true point. And it's like, you know what, there's things... You have to just learn, accept, okay, mm-hmm. this is it. But how do I now make sure, whether it's demand planning, supply side, you know, this exactly. and that, how do we make sure we can avoid that in the future? Because to make the service the best for the customer, how, if they want the product, they should be able to get it at the right price Absolutely. at the right point of time. Customer that's first. We want them to be welcomed into the brand. Exactly. But that, Which is why is I love just... you take your time. You know, that's a very yeah. important thing is, you know, like I, we took two years to get to India and we were like, well, I can come mm-hmm. earlier, but then I'm going to have all these duties, all this cost. We yes, might not even have the right amount of stock during mm-hmm. the right moment. And when you're ready, you're ready, you go, you know? And that's, yeah. I think that's such a mindful thing to, to be aware of. And I, I love that you said that. One thing, one thing I also want to add is um, <laughs> going back to customers and community. I have like, I might make this a segment of the podcast because I, I tend to scour mm. on reviews and it's my best gateway. Like we as founders, we can say what we want to say and we know our heart and soul, but people are like, okay, but let's, does it work? And you guys have the most incredible array of five-star reviews. I mean, it's kind of odd how scarily like positive everything is. It's just a great right. testament to what you've created. But one of them I want to read out because I and I think I might every time with a new podcast guest, I might just read out a review. I did it with Shani Darden recently, and then she was like, I want to frame it. And I'm like, that's maybe a good oh. idea. Like I should send you these snippets. Cause sometimes you've read them, but sometimes it's like good to get reminded by someone else. So this one is amazing. So this is a month ago. Someone wrote in one of your products. Holy grail of body washes. So this person said, I have the most acne prone skin ever. Most body cleansers cause acne or if they fight acne, they dry out my skin and yet I still break out. Since switching to Salter, I have way less breakouts and happier, more hydrated skin. The scents are great. Even my three boys, ages 7, 10 and 21, love this stuff. We all have rather sensitive skin that we love this product. So far, I have tried Exotic Pulp, Laguna, Lush Greens and the Santal one. My faves are Exotic Pulp and Laguna. We are now customers for life. How beautiful is that? Right. And you have many more. We had, we literally, I found a TikTok last week and it was a college girl and she was sat in her bathroom and she was like, I'm going to be really vulnerable right now. I've been struggling from depression. And she said, it sounds stupid, but I saw this other TikTok video where this girl was talking about how her shower routine you know, makes her feel better. So I yeah. thought I'm going to take a risk. She goes, I, and she was so candid. It was like, I'm broke as fuck, <laughs> but I'm going to take this risk. And the brand that she was using was called Saltaire. And actually their products aren't too expensive. It's like $12 for the wash and $14 for the lotion and $20 for this body oil. So she bought the three products and it was just her in her bathroom. Like it was so low key. And I think, you know, she has maybe like 250 followers on TikTok. And she said, yeah. I can't say she goes, she was like, I can't say my depression is cured, but I will say these products have made me feel so uplifted and the scents and the oh, fragrances wow. have helped me feel so much better about myself. And I feel so clean and my skin is nourished. And then she literally did like a personal call out to me and she was like, Iskra, if you ever stop making this body oil, I'm going to come for you. <laughs> so we ended up <laughs> sending a- her <laughs> so much body oil. I've sent her so oh, much body oil nice. since. 
but it was just like those moments it's like that's exactly that's the best possible response you could have to creating a product right um and those are things you'll remember for life like there's organic it's it's these organic tiktok or real stories like so these videos where you're like like what like um oh my god last week it was um it was so not I wouldn't say funny it was so odd but so heartwarming <laughs> we were all quite emotional we had um a dm from someone on instagram that was like um you guys um we love your products um we've been using it to staple in our in our since we got it proposed and, and during lockdown so it wouldn't feel right to not invite you guys to our wedding so we <gasps> want to invite you guys and and I was like is this like what is this? And she gave an invite and everything, and I was like, wow. so we were like, so I replied, and I was like, I'm really sorry, like we're not in America, but thank mm. you so much. And then we actually said, like, how many guests are there at the wedding? And there was only like 40, 50 people are coming, so yeah. we were like, we're gonna gift them all like wedding favors for like so their yeah. all the guests oh, get like um, our products. But I was like, what a message that someone is inviting us to our yeah. wedding, um, oh. not our wedding, their yes. wedding. Um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, can, that's yeah. Products can really have an impact. They can really, you know, there are definitely, like I said, that red lipstick growing up. I just remember always kind of seeing that. And and for me, we often see like the big moments, right? The viral moments Mm. of maybe like a big influencer using our products. But it's those special little moments where you've genuinely impacted. And for me, being a mom, like when I see a mom who has been struggling and she does feel stressed and she's like just jumping in that shower and getting to, you know, disappear off to a tropical island for five minutes is like saving me those videos i tell you like we need to make i i I have a little bit i'm starting it now but making folders on your phone because as founders Mm. we're gonna get moments of like um yeah like in our head moments of defeat moments of mini digressions of building the Mm -hmm. brand and having those little videos a bit more ephemeral video content that you can just go to and you're like and it's not paid of course because otherwise it doesn't feel as organic but just the non-paid organic tiktoks where you're like oh my gosh this is why i'm doing it and sometimes even those like the only threats i would accept in my life are the ones that are like you better continue creating do not discontinue this product do not stop (laughs) i know it's really uh, i was actually we were actually thinking of discontinuing not discontinuing it it's kind of like reinventing it because when you know something's mm. not fully right you have to sometimes pause and accept oh, this and this always product defeated me i'm mm-hmm. gonna redo it but um one of the products i was thinking about discontinuing i was going to i go to some sephora stores and i'm like oh what's your favorite product and they're all saying this this hair oil mist and i'm like oh my god this is literally like we're not we didn't put another po in it's gonna it's gonna sell out very soon oh. and it's done for life. but now i've gone back to the team i'm like okay let's accelerate the revert the new version of it mm-hmm. but you know in, in all honesty it's because the pump is leaking it's an oil water to mist it's it's something that we were very we tried to be innovative and it just it didn't work and it's okay we tried um and i don't want to have something that's not not perfect or not right you know so you have to work on it but but that's the best thing people are patient people are patient it, and, and I want, obviously, consumers to have, it, <laughs> obviously, coming from a founder, even more patience. But, you know, there are yeah, times, ideally. you know, our lotion launch, our lotion launch, we shipped everything out. And bear in mind, we already do body wash where you can buy the pump separately so that you can completely recycle and then just, you know, keep the pump for the next bottle. So we, you know, same distributor, lotion launches. And then all of a sudden, of course, it happens on a weekend. People start receiving yeah. their orders and there's no pumps. And we're like, uh. What? How did this happen? And it was like, you know, people get so angry so quick. And it's like, we didn't intentionally leave the pump. Please give us a little bit of grace. We're going to send you the pump. We're going to give you 20% off. We're going to do everything On our cost, we'll do it. It yes. happens. We're only human. And people behind the brand are, are human too. Yeah. So um, it's so true. But I think that's the beauty of it is, um, and it's so nice to hear it is like every story you have, it's a, it's a similar story to mine. We're not alone. Mm. We think as founders, we're alone in what our, what we go through, but honestly, it's like, it, it's a, it's a constant battle of learning, growing mm-hmm. and picking yourself back up again. And, and, but Hey, we wouldn't have it any other way because we love what we do. Absolutely not. So yes, we it's do. Pretty, pretty... <laughs> so in terms of, before I go to fire round uh, questions and we wrap it up, mm. I, I do want to just know, um, the future of Saltair for you, what's it looking like? It's going quicker than I ever imagined. And one thing that we're leaning into even more is our fragrance story and fragrance layering. So the products that we're already, you know, in development for next year are really leaning into growing that collection. So a lot of people are now kind of mm. um, 
they, they feel like they're an island orchid person if they like more floral. They feel like they're a Santal person, you know, if they like more musky. And so we're trying to create this collection so people really feel like there's a holistic way to be like, this is my fragrance story. This is how I want to smell from my body wash all the way to my final product, if that's an oil. Um, and so, yeah, we're just... We're obviously in hair care now, which you know very well, but I so think exciting. fragrance is such an important part of hair care. And it's a beautiful way that even if you do your shampoo and conditioner, there are other products, you know, that you can then use to continue on that story of fragrance and just kind of maintaining the vibrancy, the bounciness, the softness, the sheen of the hair. So we're definitely um, leaning into fragrance in a big way because that's what everybody is loving so much. Um, and yeah, we're, we're really, yep. we've got our skincare deodorant. Um, and one thing that we just always keep an open mind with the way we present that because it is a natural deodorant without aluminium, but we're not against aluminium. Yep. And, you know, there is a place where people want antiperspirants. So stay tuned. We're definitely, you know, figuring that side of things out. And I think as a brand, we've been very intentional about not not trying to put ourselves in one tiny niche that doesn't allow us to grow. We think that people are loving the brand so much that they will want to try, you know, different areas. And as we go into retail um, at the end of December, I think that that will also give us such a larger scope of consumer to figure out, like, what are they leaning into what do they want more of and we just you, you know how it is you just listen to your customer exactly i'm now going to go into fire round questions very soon but i have a desert island situation oh. for you Chris. this is you're invited to a founded beauty retreat you know what's coming but i'm being really strict well not me to <laughs> and they're saying iskra you can only bring one saltair product with you what's your go-to well i mean if tsa is being strict oh i don't oh you can take full size. You can take, you can take. <sighs> okay. This is going to be interesting because I was definitely going to originally say body wash because I wanted to smell good. But then I'm like, you know what? I could just rinse off in the ocean and I, but what would keep me smelling good is my deodorant and it would be TSA approved. Yeah. And I think I'm going to go deodorant, my skincare deodorant in and in the scent. <laughs> Ooh, probably Seascape. That's the most like clean girl, fresh, you know, it's got notes of ylang ylang, grapefruit. I feel like, yeah, that's it. That's the product. <laughs> Amazing. All right. That's it. I love that. Okay. Now fire on questions. So this is first thing that comes okay. to your mind. The first question is what's another beauty brand you're currently loving? And of course, Fable and Maine, we know, but apart from our brands, <laughs> what's one you're Ooh, loving right now? So across the board, make, make beauty, their yeah, carry their concealer oh my goodness it is the most lightweight thin concealer that is perfect because I like to see my skin still and one thing is I usually only use concealer and if I have like a concealer that's too thick or heavy or creasy you can almost tell that I've only put concealer under my eyes and nowhere else on my face but with that product you really can't tell. It just goes so seamlessly into the skin and just brightens my under eyes. But you can layer it if you then want to like add some foundation, add some blush. Da, da, da. But actually, we've got to talk about their blush too. They have this gel tint blush and it is the most beautiful formula. It gives you radiance. It's great. It's got like skin loving ingredients in there and you can use it across your eyes. You can use it on your lips. You can use it. I like a multi-use product because like as a mom, I just don't have time to have like a whole big bag of beauty products so i i have this really small one where it's literally like you know brow gel some some tinted blush that i can also use on my lips the concealer what else do i have in there um yeah just like a, a lip balm like just the basics yeah. amazing I, I love carrie she was actually on on the podcast uh, a couple of months there you ago go, so go listen to our yeah, episode founder, you know <laughs> she's yep, just so amazing, chic amazing owner oh my gosh yeah. she's so chic Every time I see her, I'm like, Carrie, can you please just come to my house and just go through my wardrobe? <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, my next question now, I'm very okay. curious, is what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh, I try not to feel guilty for anything, I guess, nowadays. Good um, answer. I like that. <laughs> but I will say guilty pleasure would be like baking an unnecessary amount of stuff um, to the point where it's like I now I just have to give it away to people. So that's probably my guilty pleasure is like just... I love to bake and I love to bake just so much stuff. Oh, and that. sometimes it's like 
Philip will be like, Esker, you didn't need to bake like 50 cookies. You could have just baked 12, like a normal person. <laughs> I just like to feed people. I love it. Exactly. Oh my gosh, and Love yeah, Island. And also, love uh, Island well. Guilty pleasure. And yeah. Love Island. Oh. Yeah, Love Island is, uh, <laughs> I actually didn't watch it, but one of my, um, I've now become good friends with her, but my friend brought to the office last oh. week um someone from montana oh, yeah. brown from yeah, season yeah. two i think yeah so uh, and then everyone in my office was like oh, she's in love island. i was like i actually don't watch it but i know she's big on yeah. love island so she's amazing yeah. i love her she's so cool montana but yeah it's a very big show everyone loves love they island, do sure. <laughs> my next question is i know this isn't love island because it's already finished but what are you currently watching or reading so we are definitely watching White Lotus right now. And I just, the episodes are not coming yeah, quick enough, but that dude. script and the characters and Jennifer, I kind of, it's just the perfect combination of like amazing storyline, incredible actors. And it's for, it, it's like a mini movie. Yeah. Every episode is just very satisfying. And we recently watched on Netflix, oh. The Watcher, and that's the opposite, right? That's a very unsatisfying yeah. show. It's frustrating. Nothing really happens. And there's no resolution at the end. It's just like, oh, I invested uh, that time for I honestly what? gave up halfway through. I'm glad you did because I know. it was completely pointless. Yeah. So, But White Lotus, it's like, I am entertained. This is hysterical. The characters are just so juicy. They're all interesting. So that's what we're watching right now. Highly recommend. <laughs> oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. yeah. I actually, it's so good you said that because I was literally about to start it <gasps> this weekend. So now I'm even oh, more gosh, excited. Oh, have to. I'm so, so yes. excited. It's going to be... I, Two seasons? Two seasons. Still season? yeah. two seasons, right? She's the only constant, which I'm, thank God she is, because she is one of my favorite people on the planet. She's the best. <laughs> I love her. I love her. I'm like, I want her to create a beauty brand. So oh, I can that would be she, insane. That'd be amazing. Oh, <laughs> she so should totally cool. do that. Yeah, that'd be so cool. She should do that. Um, my next question is, um, do you have a favorite social media platform right at this moment? Ooh, right at this moment, it is TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. yeah it's um, amazing. Instagram is probably going to shadow ban me for saying that, <laughs> but um, it's it just feels like people are able to show up on there yeah. in a less stressful way exactly. because everyone and the way I mean Instagram has messed up so much because they keep switching Always things changing. that it's now confusing. Yeah. The A/B testing and it feels stressful for people. Too much. And yeah, it's too, it's, it's too. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Just be Instagram. Be different. Don't try and be like everyone else. And now we just don't know what you are. So exactly. yeah, I think TikTok just feels like easier, less stressful, and I'm just really enjoying people's content on there. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. My next question is: Do you have a favorite quote or like a saying? So my mom told me from a young age that. If you don't ask, you don't get. Mm. And that for me has just like helped me in so many scenarios from being in the modeling industry all the way to owning a brand. It's like, if you don't ask, you don't get. Like, just ask. The worst that can happen is someone can say no. And you get more and more confident every time you do it. So, um, yeah, she is someone my mom gets stuff done. And I've just seen her use that to her advantage so many times. Um, I mean, she's that person. If you go into a hotel, she's going to ask, like, is there a room upgrade? You know, if there's an empty room, we may as well take it. You know, it's got to try it. You got to ask. And that's maybe not the best example, but there's just everyday scenarios where it's like, just ask. Yeah. You never know. Uh, Um, And so I'm. Yeah. And be curious, you know, if your curiosity can be mm. um, exactly even to your point earlier about, you know, you don't know all the options till you ask about all the options, right? In creating a brand. That's or very anything. true. So that's a, it's a very um, 360 way of thinking, which I love. Well, my last question, Iskra, is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, and I, I, I want to make it a bit more broader, and all the other hats that you have on, mm-hmm. which I know you do, um, what could in another multiverse Iskra be doing? What I've seen is um, I've seen some really powerful women create these online communities where they kind of run courses and retreats. And I, I think that I would still want to use, you know, my life to try and empower others. So I could imagine that maybe that's what I'd be doing. My friend moved to Bali and she uh, runs these retreats and does them all around the world. And I'm like, I could have, yeah, I could have seen myself like joining with someone like that and banding together and creating these powerful, impactful retreats. And who knows? Maybe that will happen one day in the far future. But that's something I want to do with Solterre events as well, eventually, is always have some point of, like, impact with them. So, yeah, in the multiverse, maybe I'd already be doing that. Maybe I'd already be be a yogi. I would dream one day is to have the time to 
you know, really focus on yoga. And I always see the impacts on not just the physical, but my mind when I, you know, have more yoga practices and have a consistency of like at least one or two ideally practices a week. So yeah, I can. Well, when you're, when you're in New York next and I'm there, we'll go, my, my dear friend, Eddie Stern, he's an amazing Ashtanga yoga teacher. He, he, he you know, mm. trains Chris Martin to Madonna, but he's been trained in India and Deepak Chopra is a, like a godfather to us. So we should all meet and do like a morning yes. meditation yoga. It'd be amazing. Um, so let's do that. Incredible. Um, well, Iskra, it's been <laughs> such an honor and pleasure to speak to you. I could speak to you all day, but uh, I know you have, we have businesses to run, so I'll, I'll let you go. But before you do... <laughs> Where can everyone find you and the brand to stay connected? Yes. So you can shop Saltaire if you are in the US currently, but you know, we'll get there one day. Um, um And we are just Saltaire on Instagram, Saltaire Official on TikTok. And then I am Iskra, I-S-K-R-A on TikTok and on Instagram and YouTube. I put all the links in the summary. People can tap away. And of course, this will be released when it's available in target so please go run and also you can also buy it there and um thank you so much for sharing your journey and i can't wait to hopefully meet in person very soon and continue this lifetime of friendship ahead of us we will make that happen absolutely thank you everyone for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.